Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? It's the Melchester Odyssey again. Here we are. Uh, in case you don't know, we're going through the best of the Royal Rovers. The 1980s, 208 pages of scorching soccer action with an introduction by Gary Lineker. Um, we are at a point, um, quite a pivotal point. We're, we're building up to something, aren't we? Yeah. In this, Roy is acquiring a lot of uh, em- enemies, nemeses in this. And we're about to be introduced to a new one. But at the end of the previous episode, um, Roy had had another run-in with Vic Guthrie. Um, Vic Guthrie, of course, super brat, had ran off from the ground after being um, sent off. Because Roy got him sent off, didn't he? Roy yeah. told the ref- Roy went full Lampard and told the referee that Guthrie had swung a punch at an opposing player. And there's a phone call for Roy in his office. And we left it. His face has just dropped because it's Penny on the phone. Oh, and yeah. Roy thinks she's about to run off to Crete again, which oh. we've worked out is his biggest fear. Yeah. His last time, it was just a living nightmare for him after a couple of days of He had to do his own house Plus, he was starting to get paranoid that she might have a bit on the side over there. Yeah. Shirley, Shirley Valentine style. <laughs> well, yeah. So, at the beginning of the next issue, um, I'll not say what it says right at the top because that's a little giveaway about what's going to happen. Mm. But... Um, it tells us Melchester Rovers had begun their first season in the second division with a tremendous 5-0 victory over Barnsbury City. Barnbury City, rather, despite a childish display by super brat Vic Guthrie, who was eventually sent off. But now Roy, after receiving a telephone call from his wife, was driving home to yet another problem. What could it be? And uh, Roy immediately identifies what and who it is in the first frame as he pulls into his driveway and there's a white sports car there and it's got lots of badges on it all over it it's, it's it looks, dirty too it's, it's sort of scruffy. battered up. yeah there's mud all up the side it's covered in it, badges it's, it's a, a car, car. It, it's a vehicle that speaks volumes about the owner like there's something about a battered a sports car that has faded do you know what i mean a sports mm. car that would have once been worth a lot of money and been prestigious mm-hmm. that is clearly like is borderline scrap the yeah. man who drives, or woman, who drives that car has got 
a very complex set of insecurities going on. Yeah. So, uh, and Roy says, uh, look at the way he's parked his car. Seems my <laughs> lovable, long-lost cousin hasn't changed one bit. Fucking so selfish parking. There is nothing I hate more than a selfish parker. He's immediately identified who it is. It is his long-lost cousin. How do cousins become long-lost in these days? They just fuck off and don't call you for a long time. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Um, as Roy hurried indoors, and Roy's looking fucking suave here. He's got a blue V-neck on. He's got mm. a white shirt, open, collar, uh, red trousers. He looks every inch the early 80s football star. And golf club, man. He's golf ready. And golf And that's what they were. Yeah. Whenever they weren't in their playing or training <coughs> kit, they had to be golf ready. And that's the thing about the golf smart casual look, is mm. that you can waltz into any hotel bar or uh, brasserie, right, and feel totally at home. You can lounge yeah. at home reading the Daily Express or watching the snooker, perfectly comfortable, right? But if someone calls up and says, listen, we've got a spare place, we're about to do nine holes up the golf club, you're Straight like, there. I'm ready to go. Yeah. And that's what he is. He's he's golf ready at all times. He is. Um, And there, in Roy's living room, it says as Roy hurried indoors, and... Penny and the kids are almost sort of cowering just in the doorway of the living room. Mm. And there, sitting in Roy's chair, in Roy's armchair with his feet on the coffee table, is Arnie Meckiff. And this is Roy's cousin. And do you want to describe what he looks like, Sam? It's This is one of my favourite ever frames in Roy the Rovers, <laughs> this particular frame, frame two on this story. Because... Yeah. Roy has come in and the dynamic that is sort of expressed through this illustration is amazing because, of course, Roy, in any situation, Roy is used to being kingpin number mm-hmm. one, Billy Big Bollocks, the big cheese, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's always in control and he always knows what to do. But suddenly, Roy's whole universe is turned on its head because... Um, he walks in, and there's his cousin, right? And Arnie he, Meckiff. Arnie Meckiff, right? And Arnie Meckiff has got <laughs> a spiky face, right? A spiky face. He's got a face of a yeah of a of a mischievous bastard. He's got a crooked nose, has not he? He's got a crooked nose, spiky features, narrow, ratty eyes, right? Mm-hmm. And a, a smirk on his face, right? He is slumped in Roy's best armchair in a green lounge suit, right? Crumpled yeah. shirt, uh, undone at the collar. Feet up, right, on Roy's best coffee table. Yeah. On the table is, it's been laid for dinner. Like someone, pres- presumably Arnie. Arnie's had something, <laughs> as, hasn't he? Has instructed Penny to yeah. give him some dinner on his lap, right? Get Penny, get me some get me some scram. The snooker's about to start. There's <laughs> a good Sheila. Yeah. Before uh, your hubby gets home, knock us something up. And I, no, I won't be having it at the table. I'll have it just, I'll, here will do just fine. Because on the table, it's been laid with cutlery, a plate, and there is a bottle of brown sauce, bottle of ketchup, and a uh, salt shaker. And um, would, would you like would you like ketchup or brown sauce, honey? You better bring them both. I like to mix them up. 
<laughs> it's my own creation. <laughs> you, you should try it. It's delicious. <laughs> we all hope that in Australia. And bring some salt as well. I like to pour salt into it. Heaps of the stuff. <laughs> okay. Where's my pie? Pen. Oh, hi, Roy. Right, he sat there in absolutely like king of the fucking castle with a smirk on his face. He's made himself immediately at home and Roy comes in and suddenly Roy goes from being Billy Big Bollocks, Lord of the Manor, to mm-hmm. looking like a right fucking Lampard. Yeah. He's there in his V-neck and he just goes, Arnie Meckiff, Arnie <laughs> Meckiff. In the, and Arnie goes, in the flesh, Roy, you little ripper. Hey. <laughs> This pretty Sheila of yours can sure lay on a spread. Oh, <laughs> my God. Full Australia, got, isn't he? I don't know what to feel about Arnie Meckiff, whether to love him or hate him. I think I'm veering towards love because he's oh, just come in. Me, I think, yeah. He's just come in and sort of thought, fuck this. And, and anyway, he is his cousin and Roy is <clears> minted. So <throat> why shouldn't he be able to turn up and um, indulge himself in a bit of Roy's like wealth? He's a... He's had the decency to stay away in Australia for all these years, so, you know, being yeah. long lost. So, you know, why not yeah. come back? I've worked out this story, this storyline, rather, is completely stolen from something else, mm. and that is Mr. Fussy. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the story of Mr. Fussy when his, uh, his cousin from Australia, Mr. Clumsy, <laughs> comes to visit him? His, his twat cousin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also very much like our, the premise of our favourite type of AT sitcom, which is when, what is it, a twat comes to live with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two men and a twat. Yeah. Right, like Alf, Metal Mickey. Yeah. Um, Mork and Mindy. Happy when, days, really. Yeah, when the twat moved in. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, even down to the green, there's that Mr. Fussy reference. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, uh, Mr. Fussy liked everything neat. He knew everything was. Then all of a sudden, this cunt from Australia with his hair all unkempt wandered in and started tipping everything over. Mixing the sauce up. It's just that. It's just that. Yeah, suddenly it makes you look at Roy in a new way where you think Roy thinks he's Jack the Lad, but in fact he's a right fussy little tit. Yeah. Get your feet off of my best table. It's the horrible control freak, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely is. His boat is being rocked here. Yeah. So, uh... So Arnie, as he said, Arnie says, uh, this pretty Sheila of yours can sure lay on a spread. And what about these two little buttes? He says about <laughs> yeah, Roy's kids. The kids. How's, how's your left foot sport? Got a rocket in it like your dad? Uh-huh. <laughs> Roy Jr., you know who we've covered in great detail before. Uh-huh. We haven't seen for a long time in this. Perhaps he's been away he's been somewhere. Caged. Yeah, for a while, yeah. yeah. We've, had, we've had him seen to. He's been <laughs> up in the clinic being seen to for a while, but they've allowed him back out now. <laughs> he comes out for weekends, which is great because I'm always out all day Saturday. So <laughs> yeah. I've only got Sundays to worry about, and I take him back about 4pm on the Sunday so he can have I'll his stop, tea. Stop off for a fucking happy meal if he's lucky, <clears> and then I dump him in there. <laughs> dump him back in the compound. <laughs> and Roy Jr. said, D- don't like him, Daddy. In and a uh, whisper speech yeah, bubble, which is the is. dotted line type. That's the signifier of the whisper speech bubble, yeah. <laughs> don't like and, him, Daddy. And Roy's like, uh, nor do I, son. For once, we're fucking Roy's, in agreement. Roy's just thinking it, though. Roy's said it. Yeah, I won't say it. Don't want to encourage Roy, the little cunt. Roy said nothing. <laughs> he just stares back at, Ar- <laughs> at Arnie Metcalf, doesn't he? <laughs> stares at him. <laughs> 
So, uh, what, an, what an unfriendly welcome. <clears throat> he just goes, Roy then goes to him, what do you want, Arnie? What do you <laughs> want, Arnie? Just passing through, I hope. Right? Fucking hell. That's so rude. I mean, what yeah. exactly has Arnie done to him in the past, other than yeah. just been a bit messy? <clears throat> well, we might find out a bit later on, mightn't we? Because there's obviously mm. bad blood there. Um, <laughs> yeah, what, what, what do you want, Arnie? Just passing through, I hope. And Arnie says, ah, oh, come on, Wonder Man. <laughs> That's not an Australian accent, fucking hell. <laughs> Don't be like that. All I need is a few days lodgings until I find my feet, as you might say. So, uh, <laughs> and then he uh, just runs up the stairs <laughs> without a bind or leave. In the next, in the next caption, he's just got his two fucking suitcases, yeah. which are classic, classic suitcases with stickers all over them from all the different yeah. parts of the world he's been to, and he's running up Roy's stairs. <laughs> just, just, just saying. The spare room will do fine. First lift the top of the stairs. I think you said, Penny. <laughs> hey, now wait a minute, Hardy. He just, he just makes himself at home. <clears throat> He's like Teddy Sheridan turning up at Man U for the first yeah, time, isn't he? Definitely, full yeah. of bravado oi, oi. and confidence. Yeah, <laughs> I think you know it's nice to have a house guest. It's not one who's be, fun and full of beans like this. Mm. You say it's nice to have a house guest, but it's not, is it really? Ever, I haven't had a house guest in years. When no, we were kids, we used to have them non-stop. Our house was like a fucking hostel for waifs and strays. Anyone right. who'd run into trouble or found themselves booted out or broken up with someone, my mum would take them in, and they'd always have pets with them, and the pets would start hell. having fucking kittens. <laughs> it was fucking madness. Yeah, there was this one time we had about ten different fucking animals in our house. I think the listeners would also be interest, interested to know that you just mentioned there you wrote a book about your childhood. What's that called? Yeah. It's called Night of the Living Dad. It's it's not um, it's not entirely about my childhood, but there's a lot of it. I wrote it like when my when my first child, when my daughter was born, <clears throat> about you know the experience, the first year of being a dad, mm. and the and but, but as part of that, I do a lot of reflecting on my own childhood because you compare, don't you? When you first have a kid. You're a lot. You're a lot of the time, and still, as you as you throughout your life as a parent, you compare your own childhood at times, don't you? Yeah. You can't help it because you sort of think, what were the good bits and what were the bad <clears throat> yeah. bits of my what, childhood, what, and how yeah. can I apply those lessons how can I be to now? Better? Search that out, listeners. <laughs> yeah, Night of the Living Dad. I mean, it's a pretty old <clears throat> book. I think it came out in 2010. It's probably like you'd probably pick it up on um, Amazon for like literally a penny or something like that. So <laughs> fill your boots. <laughs> hey, Amazon. And not delivering stuff for like a month now. If you order something off Amazon, the delivery date's like end of April. Depends what it is, though, doesn't it? Well, yeah. But, I mean, you know, it wants anything that's essential, like jigsaws and stuff. They're not coming straight away. Yeah, what they what we they need to do is explain to us what they do regard as essentials. Because I would say that at a time like this, jigsaws would be right up there with insulin. I would say so, as, yeah. As a sen- I, don't, I don't know if Amazon deliver insulin. But... Um, but they might not. And I'm saying, who's making these decisions? Bezos? Why does mm. Bezos get to decide what's an essential? I don't know. I had a very famous 1980s pop star in my private messages on Instagram yesterday complaining that he couldn't get any jigsaws and asking us where I got mine from. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us who it was. No. <laughs> That's amazing. No. Oh, I, bet, I bet it I'll was t- Carol I'll Decker. Tell you. I'll tell you and I'll beat it out as well. <clears throat> Oh, just about the funniest person it could be. 
That's who you'd expect to be at the jigsaws, wouldn't you? I can picture him doing a jigsaw. <laughs> I can picture him doing jigsaw with an intense look of like focus on his yeah. face. Yeah. Great. Great uh, stuff. Anyway, let's crack on. Uh, yeah. Where are we? Yeah, so Arnie Meckiff is hurtling up the stairs to the spare room. <laughs> First left at the top of the stairs, I think you said, Penny. Can um, you imagine how fucked <clears throat> off Roy is with Penny? Well, I think we're about to find he'll out. He'll be up there, and within five minutes, he'll have, he'll have like, loads of page three pictures glued, yeah. glued tucked up the some, wall, won't he? I hope you don't mind, <laughs> but I brought my own mucky pictures to stick out. <laughs> I didn't Just have to, to make make feel any, at home. I didn't have to source any quickly here in Britain, so I brought <laughs> me out. I'm reading a book called. Can a I borrow your blue tack? I'm I'm reading that book, a bit of a stretch that's out at the <clears> moment <throat> about a bloke who was like a TV producer. Oh, who, Chris Atkins, yeah, yeah, and he mm. ended up in Nick. And it's, yeah. it's quite it's quite interesting. Good- uh, yeah, there's some funny bits. Like he ends up in a cell with a mad Romanian who has covered every single inch of the cell wall right <laughs> with with pictures from dirty max yeah real grot right and he's quite intimidating the bloke so he can't save it so he has to go to bed in this bunk right because it's not a, like you'd have thought he'd do it next to his own bed but no he's done it the whole everywhere cell. so he wants a situation where he his eyes can't be anywhere yeah. unless they can see a naked woman right yeah and uh and so chris atkins is landing and oh this is awful He's got a kid who's like about four years old, right? Who he really misses. Like the main source of pain for him in mm. prison is how much he misses his son. So he has to get a picture and stick it on the wall. <laughs> but he says, he says the, the sort of heartwarming effect of the picture of my four-year-old son is slightly lessened by the fact that he's surrounded by vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, Romanian's really fucked off that he stuck a picture of his son up because, like, it blocks up, blocks out a tiny amount of the pornography. <laughs> oh man, so good book there. Good recommendation. Yeah, for it's, a good, it's, time. it's a good read. It's a good read. Good, I'll get that after I've read Night of the Living Dad. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Oh, so yeah, Arnie's away up the stairs. <laughs> um, it says as Roy's cousin went thudding upstairs. And Penny starts to make her excuses. She goes, sorry, Roy, he, he just came barging in and made himself at home. Is he the dreaded Arnie you've mentioned in the past? And Roy says, unfortunately, yes. So Penny <laughs> Penny doesn't even know him. This bloke's just yeah. fucking barged in and Penny's just She's gone. She's just gone along with it. Oh, oh, would you like some dinner? It could yeah. be anyone. G'day, I'm your husband's cousin. <laughs> Got anything in the fridge? Got anything in the fridge? Oh, I'll, I'll see. What kind I'll of sauce have you got? Right. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of sauces you got in your larder? <laughs> so he literally could be any cunt. Um, I mean, Roy is, Roy is the most famous footballer in the land. I know. And this bloke's just stormed into his house and Penny's got no way of verifying who he is. It would be like someone turning up at David Beckham's house. Yeah. Knocking on the door in. and saying to Posh Spice, I'm David's cousin. Let us in. That contract killer. <laughs> My yeah. spouse contract killer who once claimed he was David Beckham's uncle in exactly. order to try and pull a 16-year-old. He'd yeah. be like, ah, oh, hello, Victoria. It's me, <laughs> Uncle Charlie. <laughs> Is David in? No, all right, then. Just let us in and get the sauces out while uh, I wait. I'm David's cousin. Have you got any pork chops I could have? <laughs> Jalapeño. 
quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. So, uh, he says, unfortunately, yes. Arnie emigrated to Australia with his family about 15 years ago. Whenever he shows up, he's either in trouble or he wants to borrow money. And I've been weak enough to oblige him, but he's in for a disappointment this time. So he's one of them. He's one of those leeches that some families have. Yeah. They yeah. just turn up demanding money all the time and you can't get shot of them. But there we go. Turn over the page and whoosh, we're on to Monday morning. Things have changed. Roy's uh, outfit's changed slightly. It's now a red V-neck top with um, a, a yellow polo neck underneath. He's still some, he's still rig ready. He's still golf ready though, isn't he? Some mustard trousers, could be cords, could be just slacks, not sure. But yeah, he's, uh, he's golf ready, definitely. Um, and Arnie has cleaned up his act. Is uh, He's got a blue he's suit wearing a, on now. A, a nice double-breasted blue suit now. He looks yeah, quite he's good. he's got a nice white, white tie with blue spots on it. Uh, his haircut's still like hair. someone out of Kasabian, though. Yeah, he's run a comb through it, though. <laughs> it's, it's slightly <laughs> better than it was on Saturday evening. But, you know, he had a long flight. Um, and Roy said, yeah, you're, you're going out to try and find a job. And Arnie says, that's the ticket, Roy. Got to try and pay my way after all. Wish me luck, sport. <laughs> Arnie's off he's, to find a job. He's full of complete shit. As if he's going down the job centre. Yeah. yeah, I could work on the sewers, no problem. Great. <laughs> Sounds right up the street. I'll take whatever you got. He's probably just gone around to the offices of the sun and gone, yeah, I was wondering if you need a boob inspector for page three. <laughs> I can do that for you. And if it helps, I can sell you as many stories as you want on Roy Rice. Let's just say. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say I've got a pretty good source. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Arnie arrives into the UK and all of a sudden loads of exposés on Roy Rice yeah. appear in the tabloids. Hmm, what's the connection there? So I don't know what sort of job he's going to try and get, but he whizzes off in his sports car. Um, <clears throat> and Roy thinks, hmm. Maybe Arnie's changed. Although I doubt it. We'll have to wait and see, I suppose. And we will have to wait and see. Because um, <clears throat> that's the last we see of Arnie Mecca for this one. for this episode. For now. But trust us, he'll be back. Um, and then Roy's thoughts were on other things as he arrived at the Melchester Stadium an hour later. Um, and he's he's barging his way through the, the assorted members of the press. Uh, the ginger curly-headed character who usually fills the spaces there. Um, Noel Baxter. <laughs> Noel Baxter by another name. <clears throat> and the, the press men are all saying, Roy, what's the latest about Vic Guthrie? After the trouble he caused in Scotland and now they're sending off, are you going to suspend him? I mean, fucking hell, he should have suspended him long before now, really. But um, he probably will. And Roy says, sorry, lads, no statements till I've discussed the situation with the player. Just fucking tell him he's sacked. Fucking get rid of him. 
But then, another bombshell. Uh, it says, but as Roy changed and went out onto the pitch, he forgot all about the Rovers super brat because he has a new distraction. And there's another ginger-haired figure running about on the pitch uh, with his socks rolled down, which, of course, signifies a skillful player. Maverick. A maverick, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he goes, uh, what the? It's Kenny. Kenny Logan. <laughs> and it is. It's Kenny Logan, who we've not seen for a while. And then we've got one of those very imposing frames that appear just fully text. Almost, yeah. you, know, you know when you used to be a kid and the news flash would come on and you kind of shit yourself a bit and think, fuck, you what's happening here? that's it, the Russians are here. Because we didn't have rolling news then. And if something yeah, big happened... exactly. Now, now Sky have made it where they could announce anything and you wouldn't, you just mm. wouldn't notice because they everything's breaking news. <clears throat> but back then, and you would always immediately think, World War Three, the Russians have yeah. sent a bomb. You'd always yeah. think it was, um, what's his name? Who are the good news readers then? Baker. One of them was called Baker, wasn't Kenneth he? Kenneth Baker and Richard, um, oh, yeah. what was he called? Fucking Richard thingy. That was yeah, Richard Baker. Richard, it was Richard Baker and Kenneth Kendall. That's what it was. That's it. Ken, Kenneth, Kenneth Baker Kendall. was a government minister, for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. Different thing altogether. Right bastard. Yeah. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> Kenneth Kendall, was that his name? Yeah. Kenneth, Kenneth, Kendall. Kenneth Kendall, he was the and best one. And you just imagine him coming on and go, the Soviet Union ha- uh, uh, have, have sent a uh, communication yeah. to the Prime Minister uh, giving warning that they have launched a nuclear warhead aimed <laughs> at Britain. Yeah, The warhead is expected to make impact in the uh, Cheltenham area. <clears throat> they were always heading for Cheltenham first, weren't they? Because that's where G- uh, GCHQ GCHQ was. Is, yeah. yeah, clever. And they go, um, within the next half an hour, citizens are advised to take precautions. <laughs> Get under the fucking that. table, son. <clears throat> but, you know, the news flash was always massive, wasn't it? Because it would just cut straight into a programme. It would just fade mid-programme. Oh, and yeah. the, the fucking horror. Um, yeah. <clears throat> we were in, me and my daughter were in Sainsbury's a couple of weeks ago, just as the, the isolation thing was about to kick in. And um, a voice came over the tannoy. Hello, I'm Dermot O'Leary. Uh-huh. And it turned out he was just advertising Sport Relief, I think, or his new book or something like that, or World Book Day. Uh-huh. But my daughter just went, uh, oh, God, he's going to announce the end of the world. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> if, if Sainsbury's weren't going to do that, they would have someone like Dermot O'Leary to do it, wouldn't it? I think it'd be a good choice. It'd yeah. probably be my Soothing. choice. Yeah, he is. Yeah, there's something about there. Like, funny, funny you should bring him up because this morning I was out doing a run, and I usually like listening to six music, as you know. Mm. But they've done this thing this morning, which is uh, BBC sing along, where all of the radio stations sort of united, mm-hmm. right? So they had, and each of them played a song that had been a sing along feel good song that had been nominated by their listeners. Right. So you had Greg James on Radio 1 first. Then you had Dermot O'Leary's doing Radio 2. I don't know where Zoe Ball is. Mm. And then Six Music and Asian Network and One Extra. Right. Dermot O'Leary came on and the song that he played was Sweet Caroline by um, by Neil Diamond, right? Which, mm. apart from anything else, I can tell you, when you're running along by the river, the sun reflecting off the water, the blossom in the trees, and mm. not a fucking soul about. Like, you've got the whole fucking stretch to yourself. Mm. And Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond's <laughs> Bane. I can tell you, mate, it's a hell of a feeling. <laughs> I was I was Life fucking... I, I felt like fucking King Kong, right? But 
Dermot <clears throat> O'Leary, there's something about his manner that you just think, it's fine. Yeah. Dermot's fine. I'm yeah, fine. Everything's all right. Dermot's yeah. chuckling along. Like, I just think, yeah. I mean, they should be thinking about getting Dermot up there. Um, uh, put Dermot up there at those, like, evening briefings, maybe. Definitely. Well, they, they seem to be stopping to put anybody important up for them now, so maybe put Dermot up. Well, he just seems like he's got authority as well. Yeah. There's something about him that I believe what he says. Yeah. It's for all those years doing X Factor, I think. Yeah, it is, yeah. And I love the way as well he often spins around for no reason at the end of announcing something. Do you know how yeah. he does that? <laughs> yeah. he's, he's always got a card in his hand, he yeah. announced something, and then he does a 360 spin. He'll do the spin. Right? And yeah. I would love him to do that at the nightly briefings. Do you <laughs> think um, Do you think Len might have got the swearing spin from that? I don't know, because he's never watched X Factor. I think, oh, okay. I'm, I'm, Len's ideas and... Um, are usually quite organic. Yeah. <laughs> These are descriptions, fair enough. So we've got this um, news flash. We've got this yeah. news flash and it just says, Roy had given 18-year-old Kenny Logan a trial during a close-season tournament in Scotland and had been vastly impressed with the lad. But Roy had clashed with Kenny's father, who wanted the boy to enter the family business and was bitterly opposed to him becoming a professional footballer. So there we are. You're brought up to speed on the plot. That's just story. when what's his name? I always think that's when what's his name's got a little bit of a uh, hangover, Dude, and he cute. just thinks, yeah, and he's just like, I could, I could tell this part of the story with like two or three flat f- frames of flashbacks. exposition dialogue, <clears throat> yeah. right? Recap, but fuck that, I'm just going to write it all down. It's quicker. Yeah, <laughs> the save myself a bit of, of fucking drawing. Yeah, he's been doing it with letter set as well, and it's a bit, it's all over the place, really. Yeah. He says, uh, so Roy says, does this mean your dad has had a change of heart, Kenny? And Kenny says, no way, Roy. He doesn't even know that I've come down here. Fucking hell. Um, And Kenny goes on. Anyway, as I said, I'm old enough to vote, old enough to make up my own mind. Are you going to turn me down just because my daddy wants me to be an estate agent? I'm old enough to ride a wee lassie, given half the chance. (laughs) Not that I have to ride a motorbike. And a lassie at the same time, if I want to. Right, the truth is, I've never had much luck with the lassies, and that's one of the reasons I want to come down here, so you can show me your ways. <laughs> I'm old enough to go to war and disembowel a man with a dagger with one of those serrated edges, <laughs> if I so chose to. I could carve a man's lungs out in a, in a war situation, and they'd give me a medal, and yet my, my daddy... Won't let me kick a footbill around. I'm not quite old enough to have sex with another man. But if I wanted to, I could probably just go to some public toilets and hang around for a while and something would happen. Apparently there's a lot of peculiar business up on the heath. <laughs> Melchester Heath. <laughs> I was wondering if you and Blackie could take me up there. Just to watch, you know, not to just, get involved. Just show me the ropes, maybe. Introduce me to one or two people. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. Okay, Don't worry. Kenny. All in good time. <laughs> we'll First, probably let's end up get in the woods kit. tonight, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> Have you brought a spade <laughs> from Scotland with you? <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of work. I might be able to put your way as it goes. <laughs> Give Black your hand with some digging that needs doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Roy says, uh, we'll see. Uh, stick that bib on and let's see how you shape up in a practice match. I mean, he's already had the kid playing for him in a, a full-scale friendly up in Scotland in front of a full house. But, you know, you know, get him in the practice game just to see if he's still got it. 
And uh, Kenny says, Wahoo! Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I'm still the superstar that you saw in Scotland, boss. And he is, you see there in the next frame, um, he's up against Noel Baxter as Ginger v. Ginger. Um, oh, he puts the ball in the back of the net past Charlie Carter. And listen to what he says as he puts the ball in the net. That's where it belongs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the cocky little bastard. Hell. Uh, and Noel Baxter He's not going to make Ugh. friends quickly in it, 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 with that sort of fucking carry Definitely, on, is he? Definitely, yeah. Roy's going to feel threatened here. Uh, Noel Baxter says, oh, where'd he come from? <laughs> and, uh, Roy thinks, right off Noel Baxter's boot. <laughs> so, right, uh, I'll have to give that little bastard a reducer. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go through him four-footed. Next time he gets the ball, I'll finish the con. <laughs> I might cripple him. He might be out for nine months, but, you know, it'll make him a better player. When he comes back, he'll have a better attitude. <laughs> Consider so, this tackle a long-term investment. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> Someone down nine nine nine. I'm about to do this, con. <laughs> I always get him to call in advance. That's where the ambulance gets here quicker. Blackie, not- call nine nine nine. Watch this. I'm not available. <laughs> call ahead first. And Roy thinks uh, that does it. I'm signing Kenny on a full contract, no matter what his dad says. But his surely, Mister Logan, off. surely Mister Logan won't follow him all the way from Scotland. Yeah. Oh, will he? Well, it was the eighties, mate. I mean, they're yeah. probably thinking, bro. Most cars back then would struggle to get that Couldn't car without breaking to, down. Because we worked out Melchester's in the north somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, north of England. You're not going to get from car- Scotland to the north of England. Cars the break car. down constantly didn't the they time. in the 80s like yeah. you'd never have embarked upon a journey with any sense of security no not at all that was that was like outside anywhere outside of your own city really but like you would never think like now pretty much any car you've got you wouldn't think twice about jumping in it and mm. driving to scotland Josh, would you? Did, you did you ever have your windscreen shatter we had that once when we were out driving yes the windscreen yeah. shattered cars just cars were fucking <laughs> dangerous man <laughs> Like I would always be scared when I was on a long journey because right. I would expect for something bad to happen, and it usually did. Yeah, it would if be. If you were too on a hot, long journey on the motorway, you'd, you'd have no entertainment. You'd have boiled sweets. Um, um, the, the, the plastic seats would get all sticky. If yeah. it was summertime, you'd be wearing shorts, and your, your flesh would you'll, stick fast to the plastic yeah, you'd seat. Yeah, peel yourself off the seats. Um, the smell I mean, of the car was disgusting, <clears throat> especially when it got hot. We didn't have. Backseat seatbelts, even back then, it was like, ah, nah. fuck, you'll be all right. You used to climb Hold around on. on the seats and Hold stuff. Hold on to the handle. Yeah. We'd climb around on the seats or stand up in the bit in between the two front seats yeah. and have a look. My mum, there's, there's a humpback bridge <clears throat> near where my brother lives. And every time we see it now, if I'm with my mum, she goes, ah, I always remember you climbing out of your baby seat on that bridge because she reckons we were driving along and I was like two or something. I still had the baby seat and she went, she, the radio was on so she couldn't hear it happening. And mm. suddenly I was fucking clambering into the front just as she was getting to the brow of this really yeah. steep humpback bridge. And she was like, literally jumped out of skin like, what the fuck are you doing? And yeah. I, I was like, oi, oi. <laughs> you'd do that you'd say can I sit on your knee in the front mum and you'd yeah, climb through yeah. from the back sit on your mum's knee no seatbelts and the windscreen would shatter and the fucking wheel would come off and fuck my mum always had old bangers like so her car in particular we'd always have like some car you picked up for like a hundred quid and mm. was falling to pieces 
and so we'd always end up in bad scrapes but the worst thing that we ever did in the car was self-inflicted because my mum had this car and she used to have to because my brothers were serial truants she Mm. had to like that do a thing where she drove them to the school there was a period where she there was like an agreement with the school she had to drop them at the gates even though they were quite old because their truancy was so out of control she had to see them go in the gate Mm. but of course what they'd do is they'd go in the front and then straight out the back anyway so it was pointless but during this period she had this old banger it was like a ford escort the old shape ford escort and she would the old shape i mean like they were almost like mini capris you know that stuff, yeah, yeah, sort of uh, Ford yeah. Escort sort of before the SXE GTI one yeah. came in. It was like a squished. I think it was an Escort, anyway. And it, and the other funny thing about it, we used to call it the Tortoise because it was painted with a paintbrush. You could see the paint oh, stroke. Nice, it was, yeah. It, it was green, but it had been hand painted with like house paint. Right. I admitted that <laughs> those car ones. Inexplicable. It's like an, really awful look. <laughs> Like, we'd yeah. bought it like that. But anyway, my mum like, took me. I was going to primary school. My brothers had to be dropped their school. And then she'd pick up a couple of their mates along the way. So we'd all be crammed into this fucking tiny car. Mm. And uh, my mum stopped at a petrol station. And she was so panicked about getting to work on time, getting us all to school in time, stopping the arguing in the car. She forgot to uh, take the pump out of the car. And she drove off with the pump still, the nozzle still in the fucking <laughs> petrol tank, right? She pulled the fucking petrol tank over. Fucking right? up. Because she took off and the, pe- and the petrol tank went, ah, and fucking petrol came out of it, right? Yeah. Chaos. Like utter fucking <laughs> yeah. chaos in the Lock- forecourt lockdown. of this SO. Yeah. <laughs> Madness. Right? And my mum's crying. And everyone's like arguing in the back. Everyone's crying, (laughs) screaming. My brothers are all like blaming each other. I'm like, what's going on? The petrol station staff are crying. They've all got biohazard suits on. Yeah, because she's like, fucking hell, that amount of petrol that's leaked out, I might owe them like a million pounds. I'll be paying this this off in instalments forever. (laughs) That was a bad morning. Yeah. Fucking hell. Um, that's it then. We're, we're, you know, he's wondering if Kenny Logan's dad's going to come. Are you rattling things again? Yeah, sorry, mate. <laughs> Get a bit rattly <sighs> towards the end of a podcast. He's going to wonder if Kenny Logan, I mean, you know, this was the edge of the train, according to Jimmy Savile back then. So, you know, <laughs> quite easily jump on a train and come down to Manchester. So I, I think yeah. we'll see Kenny Logan's dad again. Oh, we'll be uh, back. Don't worry about that. We'll see Arnie Mecca again as well. Um, I mean, so many different problematic characters and Mm. enemies around Roy and his life at the moment. It's interesting, isn't it? it? It's almost like it's leading up to some kind of tragic incident. Um, And it it says, next week, Rovers serve up some fantastic football. So that'll be good in Division 2. It's a bit of a cop-out preview, Um, isn't it? I mean, it says... It it says, my mark's out of 10 for this story, but fuck me, it's a 10, isn't it? It's a 10. Yeah, I mean, once Metcalf's got involved, it's a 10. <clears throat> Anyone with him in is a 10. Yeah. So there we are. That's that one. We'll yeah. be back next week. Find out what happens next. Uh, thanks for listening and all that. Cheers, TTFN. Keep it comfy, lads.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.